Hey everyone, I am Farah Kimji and you are listening to the Futura Talks podcast. I believe the future will be built by those who see opportunity where others see uncertainty. It will be built by people that don't look like the traditional leaders of our past, but by women and individuals from diverse backgrounds that see the world differently and who are driven to make it better for all. This podcast will feature these people, self-made leaders and entrepreneurs that defy odds and are motivated to build a better future. We will also share practical advice for how you can unlock your full potential as the leader of your own Futura. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Futura Talks. I am especially excited for this episode featuring Maria Satello, the founder and owner of The Pink Room. Maria and I met about seven years ago when I was getting my nails done at a downtown Toronto nail salon, where I was probably one of their most loyal customers, and Maria was often the nail technician seated next to my girl, Michelle. Flash forward to 2019 and Maria decided to open up her own beauty studio and she even lured Michelle over to work with her. Maria has been in the beauty industry for 10 years and was artistically self-taught, dedicating most of her time to her specialty, XL nails with crisp shaping and detailed nail art. At the age of 23, she began her entrepreneurial journey, which eventually led to the establishment of The Pink Room in 2019. The Pink Room is a full-service beauty bar with services including nail extensions and nail art, manicures, pedicures, body contouring, teeth whitening, lash extensions, laser hair removal, and also has an in-house tattoo artist. The Pink Room was designed and created by Maria with the vision to curate a space for people to come and feel empowered. She wants people to look their best when leaving the pink room, but ultimately to have everyone feeling their best. The moment you enter the pink room, it's a vibe. The energy is matched and amplified throughout the decor as there are beautiful pink walls contrasted with earthy, vibrant greens. You feel as though you have stepped into your clubhouse fantasies with a Miami feel. Maria currently leads a team of service providers at the pink room And her goal is to create an environment which promotes happy and healthy living. Maria, I'm so excited to have you here today. So let's dive in. Thank you. I'm excited too. I'm like, you make me sound cooler. (laughs) You are cool. (laughs) Um, So on Futura Talks, as my audience knows, I like, before we get into the pink room and in your business, I like to kind of take things back and, you know, kind of go back to your childhood and your upbringing. So tell me, you know, what were you like as a child? And, you know, did you always have entrepreneurial dreams? Definitely a hundred percent always had that. Um, I struggled a lot in school. Um, I'm very smart, but it takes me a while to be concentrated in school and just get involved in things like that. So I definitely struggled in understanding what I was going to do. And obviously school never pushes entrepreneurship. It doesn't teach entrepreneurship. Um, and it definitely doesn't encourage it, especially with a Latina background. Um, that just is not what we're pushed to do. So always growing up, it was like to be a doctor, a lawyer, something like that. Um, go to university, get a degree. And that was never what I wanted to do. I was always into selling things, building things, getting money, making money, having side hustles. Um, So that's definitely where it started. And I was always into art. That was my main thing. I was a creative. I thought I was going to go own a studio, an art studio, um, sell my art. And then one thing led to another. I was good at nails. Nails and business got together. And then that's how I got started. Oh, wow. That's, that's so cool. I I find that often, you know, whatever it is you like to do as like a young child is such a, like, we really need to be paying attention to that in, you know, future children, because that's usually where your passion lies and often, you know, your calling lies. And so many people go kind of around in circles to eventually get back to that, 
you know, to that calling, but I'm, you know, happy to hear that you kind of followed that yourself, you know, from such an early age. So, so tell me a little bit about what that journey looked like kind of from high school where you, you know, somewhat struggled in the traditional class setting or, or educational setting to, you know, between that and starting the pink room, what did that journey look like? Definitely a lot of struggles. And one of the main struggles was understanding myself. Cause obviously nobody really understood around me. Um, so just understanding myself and figuring out what it is I wanted to do and making it make sense to me, but greater than that, making it make sense to my parents, making it make sense mm. to older people around me um, that really had a big influence on what I was doing at the time. Um, so definitely a lot of struggle, a lot of views more as like a rebel, not wanting to like follow the rules, giving problems, struggling. I think that definitely all played a part. I think it also... Now that I look back at it and growing a lot, I noticed there was a lot of anger in me because there was such a lack of understanding from like my parents, teachers, and just people around me. So that definitely took me down a different path. Thankfully, I've always been one to like do what I want and follow like beat to the, to my own beat. Um, so that definitely helped a lot. Um, I tried art school. I did go to art school. Again, school wasn't for me just because I was told go to university. I got into OCAD. Okay. And I was in for painting and drawing. Um, so that was really interesting. But then they put me in art history and I was like, this isn't what I want to mm -hmm. do. Like, yeah. I'm here to paint. I'm here to draw. I'm here to create. Um, and I found that there was a lot of rules. Um, so I did definitely always struggle with rules and following something that just wasn't meant for me. Um, so then once I figured out that I could work by myself, obviously, there was a lot of struggles that came to that. But the freedom that it brought to me and just feeling understood in something that I did. And seeing that I could build my own rules and build my own plan and follow my own path uh, definitely made it a lot better. Yeah. And I really love that you really stayed true, true to yourself and true to that inner voice. So many people struggle with listening to it, following it, you know, feeling like they need to conform. So I really appreciate that you were able to say, you know what, this isn't for me. I will figure out what is for me, but I, I don't, I'm not just going to fit into the, to the box that, you know, people have built for me. I mean, it ultimately led to you building your, your own box. So tell me about kind of right before the pink room, because I know we met probably seven years ago now, um, you know, where, where you were at a salon. And so how did you get that first real entrepreneurial, you know, taste? Did you have an example of someone or did it, you know, where did the idea of, you coming and, and sort of going out on your own come from? Um, so I actually come from entrepreneurs. My grandparents are both entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, and I take a lot funny. I was just talking about my grandma five minutes ago. Um, but my grandma's really my biggest inspiration because obviously she comes from an era where women were meant to have kids, be at home, um, take care of their husbands. But my grandpa had his own business and she found ways to make her own revenue through his businesses. Okay. Um, so, you know, in her era, like we're talking yeah. 60s, 50s, like you, nobody did that. Like she, she was looked at as like, why are you going into something that's not for you? Um, but she just always said, she's like, I was so smart and I was so intelligent and I could see where I could benefit and make more money for our family. So she went that way. Um, so just growing up, I always saw my grandma doing things on the side. She was really good with money. She would always have like a lot of money that she counted, like to this day, like my grandma just has her side hustles and is always like making money. So seeing that and growing up with that, I was like, I want to do that. You know, I really want to do that. Um, so like you said, where we met at the salon, um, I didn't like the bosses that I had. Mm -hmm. And I figure out now that being a boss and being a leader are two totally different things. Yeah. Um, so they were more bosses. They were definitely young. They were very young, definitely learned a lot from them. Um, but they were more in their boss position and Again, I wasn't good at rules. I wasn't good at following, especially when things, like you said, when it didn't resonate with that inner voice, it was really hard for me to just follow. Um, so that's where it started, really, that I noticed I was so good at nails. Um, you know, I had a really heavy clientele at the yeah. salon. I had a lot of regulars. Um, I was only 21, and I was making really good money off, like, my tips. I had clients that, like, only waited for me. I was the one doing their nails. So I was like, oh, 
they're here for me. They're not here for the mm. salon, you know? Um, and, you know, just me and Michelle, we were both doing that. Yeah. Uh, so when things really started to clash with the bosses and the way things were working and my own clients were struggling coming to that space, but they were only coming to that space for me, mm-hmm. I quickly realized, I was like, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, something I've always been good at is removing myself from situations that aren't good for me. So that definitely really helped important. me a lot. Yeah. Very important. And we'll continue to do that, doing that in my life now. Um, so once I noticed that it wasn't for me and I took that leap, it was never, I'm going to leave and go do my own thing. It was just, I got to get out of here. Thankfully, I have clients that I can continue to do by myself until I figure out the next step. Wow. You know what? It's so, I love what you shared there because sometimes people don't realize, you know, they're getting into these situations and they feel really stuck and they feel boxed in and they feel like they don't have options, but sometimes your biggest inspiration actually comes from those situations, the situations that you don't like the situations where you're like, I could do this better than my boss, or I can do this on my own for myself on my own terms with the people I want to do this with. I'm not just like here for a paycheck. I can go create my own paycheck. And like you, you know, maybe you didn't see all of that all at once, but you saw enough snippets of it to say like, I don't need to stay in this situation. I have options and, you know, good on you for saying, look, I'm going to leave. People are here for me. My loyal clients will follow me wherever I go. And, you know, sure enough, they, they did. So you kind of started, I think you were telling me that you started, you know, kind of freelancing essentially, um, you know, left that salon, started freelancing. So now you're on your own and, you know, you're like, I assume seeing people going to them or seeing them from your home, but how did you really go and transition from that to saying, I'm going to, you know, become a landlord and own, not a landlord, sorry, become a owner of a business and like create a physical space where people are going to come to my salon. Now that's a really big transition. So walk me through how you arrived at that. You're taking me way back. (laughs) Um, So I left the salon. Um, Everybody told me that was a mistake. Like let's add that in there. I remember the call to my mom. My mom was somebody that always tested my decisions and now I'm learning that as much negative that I found in them they had a lot of positive because they kept driving me to be like it's almost like the more she told me that was wrong don't do it I was like I'm on the right path I'm gonna keep doing it um and again it was just always listening to my inner voice over what people's opinions had to say um so I quit the salon and then I'm at home doing a couple clients actually I didn't even take the clients with me I didn't tell anybody that I was leaving um because in the documents that you sign when you enter a salon, it says, I will not take clients with me. Um, these are clients that belong to them. So I was like, you know what? I didn't yeah. have legal problems. At that time, I didn't understand. Now I understand clients are going to follow whoever they want to they, follow. If they choose to come as long as you don't solicit them and they make the choice, no they're going to look for you. They already exactly. find, they've already follow your personal IG, like you're good, but you, yeah, you're, you were young. You didn't know that. Yeah. And, and we're also talking about a time that Instagram was just becoming a thing mm-hmm. for businesses. Right. Like Instagram was really a business school at that time. Um, So I end up leaving and then I have a couple clients, but I already had my clients because I was living uptown and the salon was downtown. Right. Mm. Um, So I had my clients from uptown that I was like, hey, guys, I'm actually moving closer. You can come to the house now. So I started doing my clients from home and then posting on Instagram. Again, this is just starting. We're posting on Instagram. And I actually had an offer from a lady that did a pop up at Yorkdale. Okay, so I would say that was really what. That was really what got the ball rolling because I believe in the universe a lot and it wasn't planned or anything. It was more of like, I'm not doing anything. If a new opportunity comes, I'm going to take it. So they messaged me about Instagram and they're like, hey, we're really interested in you. We want to put together a collaborative of artists that are in the trades and do their own art. Um, And we're going to put them together and we're going to create like a creative space in Yorkdale for two months. Do you want to be a part of it? And I mean, I was like 21 at this time. I worked at Yorkdale, multiple jobs growing up. So I thought it was just such a full circle moment that I was like, oh, I get to go in as me. Um, She was really cool in the sense that she was like, I want this to be about you, brand it, put your stuff up, decorate. And at this time I had like zero idea of what that meant. I was like, oh my God, cool. I get to be in Yorkdale. I remember I I thought I'm just going to take the stuff from my house and put it in Yorkdale. And then when I get to this big, beautiful space in Yorkdale, I was like, oh wow, like this has nothing to do with like what I have set up at home. I really have to put something together for it. Um, so at that time I wasn't operating as the pink room. I operated as MFS beauty, which was like my initial beauty. And it was just what it worked. 
So we had to create a logo. I had to start working with a graphic designer. Um, I had to make business cards that I didn't have. So that really got me started on like, oh, I'm going to meet a lot of people. And as we opened, I wasn't even fully ready. But as I started meeting people and the traffic at Yorkdale was so big and people were like, oh, you can't get me in. Do you have a business card? I was like, no, I don't have a business card. Qu quickly create a business night card of the night right um brand the instagram more um carry yourself that also taught me like wow like i was seeing like a a much wider different clientele so it really got me to change even like the way i got ready for work the way i was showing up every day to yorkdale the way i was preparing myself to come into work um and again the opportunity was amazing the boss wasn't a leader and it, she wasn't a team member um so that definitely created some problems between us and some friction. And again, I realized that I was like the highest grossing artist in the space. And I had the biggest, like I had a wait list now. I filled up my spots incredibly crazy at Yorkdale. It was like, we opened up for three days and I was like, oh, your two months are gone. You know, wow. and then I was like, oh, do you have appointments for the next two months? And I was like, no, it's, we're fully booked. Well, you know what? I'll pause you there. I just need to add, I'm not actually surprised by that because I used to sit next to you while you did other people's nails, as well as seeing your own nails. And just for our listeners, Maria's nail, it's not just like going to get a manicure. It is a work of art, truly a work of art. Um, and so no worries are good. And so I can totally understand why that wait list would fill up like the, this, her nail art is beyond, uh, beyond anything I've actually ever seen, um, done. So I'm, I'm not surprised by it, but for you, you're probably like, wow, this is insane. <laughs> Mind you, I had just quit like five months before, maybe yeah. less, maybe yeah. less. I think I quit in April and York deal was brought up to me for June. So like in yeah. two months of leaving, it was like, oh wow. Like now, and this is the first time that I'm like a subcontractor. Right. Like mm -hmm. this is now the first time that it was like, oh, do you have a business registered? Do you have like when I accepted the offer, I was like, yeah, cool. You're still let's do it. She was like, OK, now bring me all your legal work and all this. And I was like, oh, so I don't just give you a SIN number. You know, it was very different. Um, so that was very different. Um, it was also different that I wasn't getting paid. That was the first time that I wasn't really like making a, a, an hourly wage. It was more like this is what we make. It's mm -hmm. we have like a different deal there. Um, so that taught me a lot. And that really taught me like, and I hope this doesn't sound bad, but it really showed me how anyone could be in that position. You know, you don't have to like know your stuff. You don't have to be great at business. Yeah. You don't have to be incredible to put something together. This woman just came and said, I have an idea. I'm going to work towards it. I'm going to get this group of people and I'm going to do it. So watching her, like I said, even though there was negative that came from it, I really learned from these women because I was like, mm. oh, wow, like I could do that. You know, yeah, like it, if anything, you're like, here's this woman who I have friction with, who's maybe got some, you know, issues with her leadership style, but she's still doing it. Like it was still inspiration enough for you to say, well, like, if she York can Dale. do it, I can 100%. certainly do this. Yeah. 100%. She's in Yorkdale, the biggest mall. So the exposure yeah. that I was getting there, was like, people started recognizing me, like people, like I would give out now I had my business card. So I started giving my business cards and people were like, oh, you're from Yorkdale. Oh, you're the girl from your Oh, I actually tried to get an appointment with you. And I couldn't, I was like, wow. Like, you know, like people Something's were like happening me. here. Yeah. Like my girls would call me and they were like, oh, I was just at Wonderland. And someone came up to me and grabbed my hands and asked me if they were done by Maria. And I was like, wow. Like, yeah. yeah you well, know, you so have I'm a, you have a signature style, right? So, so now you're getting all this, you know, traffic business, you're selling out at Yorkdale. And so then what happened? Like what kind of led you to say, I, like, I'm just going to do this on my own now. When I'm at Yorkdale, the, the contract gets extended, right? She got extended. Obviously our numbers were doing really good in Yorkdale. And she approaches me with the offer of like, Hey Maria, we have the offer to extend a couple more months or oh, that was it. She was like, we have the offer to extend a couple more months. And I was just like, hmm. I don't want to be here anymore. Like I don't need to be here. Being in Yorkdale was amazing. It felt really good that, like I said, I worked, I always thought, my first goal was to be a makeup artist in beauty. Mm -hmm. So I worked at Mac at Yorkdale. I had like my first jobs growing up were at Yorkdale. So then to come in and have my be manager, your own brand, essentially not, you're not working for Mac. You're working for Maria. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I had like my managers for Mac coming to do their nails here now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
they were like, hey, what time can you take a break? Come take a break with us. I was like, oh, well, I make my own schedule. I could just come on break with my girls whenever. So yeah. it was really a full circle moment. And I really got a taste of freedom through that. Um, and it was just like the universe mirroring, like where I had just been a couple of years ago and where I was now. So when she offered me to extend, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go be by myself. Um, and funny enough, at Yorkdale, I meet a girl. Mm -hmm. who's now one of my best friends and she's like hey like this is great we vibe she's like what are you planning on doing after Yorkdale and like I said at this point in my life it was just like living day by day let's see what happens so she's like what are your plans after Yorkdale and I was like oh I don't know I'm just gonna go back home to be honest like I've learned here I'm gonna grow at home and she was like okay if you ever want my mom owns a salon and she has rooms that she rents out to independent um service providers if you ever want to come let me know I took it like okay, thank you so much. Great meeting you, whatever. Then um, I go back home and um, I was in a relationship at the time and we lived together. So we had our place together. That's where I worked out of. Mm -hmm. Life happens. We end up getting into a really rocky breakup. And now I'm faced with, I work from home. I'm going to move out of here. What's my next step? Mm -hmm. And I really didn't want to stay in that relationship. So it was like, I just got to figure it out really quick. I went through all my options and there was like a light bulb in my head. It was like, oh, that girl offered me that spot. Like, let me just message her and see what's up. We're talking about now four months later. So I'm just like, what are the chances of that space even being available? But it's a start. Yeah, exactly. Um, I called her and it was just like, oh my God, Maria. Yeah, come, we we have it for you. I was like, okay, what's the deal? Like, I've never rented. I've never done this. Like, what are my rules? And she was like, there's no rules. Like now that I look back at it, I love telling the story because it was really one of those moments where it was like, this is just for you and it's here for you and it's waiting for you. So just grab it. Wow. Um, so her mom, who's my landlady now, um, she wasn't even here. She was on vacation and she was like, yeah, don't worry about it. You'll meet my mom when she gets back here. The keys open whenever, wow. whenever. this is it. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, hurry up. Like, don't worry. Didn't even send me a video of the spot. Didn't send me pictures. But for me, it was like, get out right now. Like, go do the next step. Yeah. So here's like, you know here's a lifeline, essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know what? Take it and figure it out as you go. Like, I was like, let me just like relocate for now. Yeah. I come in and that's where I bring Michelle with me now because mm-hmm. I, I'm so busy. Yorkdale people are calling me. Thankfully, I'm in I'm in the Yorkdale Area, area so yeah is coming here now um and this is actually i'm still in the same building so mm-hmm. at this point i rent out like a i want to say maybe 400 maybe no less to be honest like a 300 square foot room yeah so it's just a two nail desks fit in there i have a sink we decorated we did something cute with it yeah and uh we start working out of it i start getting busy i'm full i'm full-time booked at this point like no looking yeah. back and people are like, Hey, I want an appointment. And so I was like, you know what? Michelle is still struggling where she was. Yeah. And I, was like, oh. I know yeah. she left me. <laughs> As I was going to her at the time. Yeah. You know, and, and that's also what keeps you like when you're in our position, it's like the clients are so great. You have these relationships, you have like this bond with people that you're like, I'll stay here. But I was like, girl, like if you don't leave, it's never going to get better for you. Mm. You know, it's, it's not going to grow. You're not going to get anywhere. So Michelle came to work with me. I miss her so much. Yeah. Um, she came to work with me. We were like, like tight, but you know, because at the salon, we were so close and we worked side by side. I was like, yeah. Michelle, we can do this. like we're comfortable. So we did that for a couple of months. And then my landlady goes, um, Maria, the, the basement unit's opening up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to find tenants. And I was like, oh my God, let me know. I'll help you find tenants. Like I'm again, clueless about anything. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what are your plans? I was like, girl, I've gone through like the most in less than a year. I have no time to plan anything. I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. Let me be here. She's like, no, Maria, like, I think you need to move. And I was like, no, I want to stay here. Like for once yeah. I had finally, been like, I'm good. I'm like, I'm, I'm still, I'm by myself. Yeah. Nobody bothering me like leave me here I'm comfortable here like I'm good staying here um and she really pushed me like I tell her all the time like she's I call her like my business fairy mom like like she was your mentor because sometimes the best things happen outside our comfort zone when we get too comfortable it's usually a sign that it's time to level up and like she helped you see that right exactly and she really believed in me and she came from a similar situation in life um she understood the problems i was going through with my relationship with the breakup so she i always say she saw something in me that i never saw and 
that's what people need at times yeah. like people to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself Absolutely. um so she was like no can't keep the space upstairs do whatever you got to do like take a couple months like she was sometimes I'm like why you know like why did you do that yeah. but she did she believed in me um and yeah I took the space down here um and, and so how much did your space increase by so I went from 300 I think I have about almost like 900 to a thousand right now. Yeah. So you tripled your space and, you know, how, and, and can now have how many nail technicians at once? Um, so we have the most we can have is three, but then we have like different service providers, that other services too. Yeah. So let's, let's just pause there. Like, because there's a lot that you just shared in that. And what I think the most important parts of it were when opportunities presented themselves to you, you followed them, right? Like a lot of times we don't hear like someone says, Oh, you know, why don't you take this opportunity or try this? And most people just are like too afraid to try anything new or leave their comfort zone. And you not only like you just followed them and look at where they all led to, like it was like a snowball effect. And I think, you know, there's the book, the book, I think it's called a year of saying yes or whatnot by Shonda rhymes. And like, that's what that was. Like you said, yes. And then you said, yes. And then you said, yes. And now, you know, you have a standalone studio of, you know, a thousand square feet on your own, still in your twenties and you're, you know, running and managing a business. You've got a few service providers working under you. And I just think it's such a, incredible story to say like you can go from a breakup to a bad from a bad boss to a breakup to like coming out the other side a boss and like owning your life and taking control of it and I just think it's like really super inspiring so I just I want to just stop there because you know you just followed your your intuition and your calling and that was the result of that and I think Yes, that woman saw a lot in you, but you also answered the call. Like you stepped into that, right? So yeah, I think it's just, it's so great. So, okay. So now you launched this business in 2019 and then you're kind of hit with a global pandemic, which, you know, for our listeners in Toronto, we were one of the most locked down cities in the world with, you know, a lot of heavy restrictions that were placed on, um, beauty salons from opening and operating. And so tell me what it was like to navigate that within less than a year into, you know, your business of like, you know, of the pink room. It was really hard before I get into that answer. I just want to point yeah. out that it's, it's, it's nice to get to go back and yeah. talk about everything that you go through, because I feel like, especially for somebody like me, that's like, always going and going and and more and more and more and this comes up a lot in my therapy I don't know and I'm learning to like sit down and appreciate everything and yeah you you know I think entrepreneurs like someone like you is just on like overdrive right and you're just constantly thinking of what's next without realizing like you've come so far and you've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. And I love, I actually love hearing it and and sharing that because it's such an important part of your journey to share, especially for our listeners who maybe were at stages that you were at, you know, at some point in their life or are currently at that stage. Right. And kind of like, don't, don't think it's possible or don't know how, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. I'm like, even just, I was like, wow, it's actually a lot. And and yeah, and you forget to, and, and then you almost become, you forget to be grateful for every step and you don't realize when like, there's so much there because you're so constantly on the next thing. Yeah. So definitely it's nice to be going through everything. Yeah. I mean, the reflection, the gratitude, the reminder of, of, you know, what came before the appreciation for sometimes even some of the negative experiences that really helped inform where you are today. You kind of have gratitude for like, man, if I didn't have that bad boss, maybe I would still be working at that salon, right? Like who knows? So anyways, okay. But you're not, you are where you are. You've launched your salon and then this pandemic hit. So tell me, tell me what kind of, you you know, what you went through. It was definitely a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a lot mentally, emotionally, um, at first it was not, 
it was just a lot. It was like up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, there was a lot of mixed emotions because I had never taken time off since I was like 13 when I got my first job. So for me, from the first couple months when it first came out, um, it was like, whoa, I, I get to, first it was like, I don't know what to do with myself. And then I got into the groove of figuring out, oh, I could do other things other than work. Mm -hmm. That was really nice. Um, once I'll, it kept pa I'll pause for a second because I think, you know, for a lot of our listeners, you know, maybe they, you know, the pandemic hit people who have a physical space where they have, to, where they do their work from a lot harder. And then in addition, a service that can't be done online, like, until I don't know any service yet that we can get our nails done online. So, you know, it hit you differently than it kind of hit someone like me who just like transitioned to, to virtual for everything. Right. So exactly. it's like a whole mindset shift that you have to go through of like, now, what do I do? Like, I can't just start doing nails online. Like I have to really think about my time. Right. So actually something, I launched two things during the pandemic. That yeah. Was so tell good. us about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually created press on. So I did go through, through depressive episodes because I felt like I'm going to lose the pink room. I'm not going to be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, the government funding wasn't as easy as people thought it was to get for everybody. Um, you still had to pay your bills. You still had to do this and you weren't making money. So thankfully I have really good people around me that are able to snap me into place and just show me guidance when I need it. And one of my best friends, he was like, why don't you create something that like you could send home to clients. That's all he left. He's like, you're smart. You can figure it out. And Nail like, oh delivery. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know this part of your story. Yeah. I was like, I've always liked press-ons and I've always looked at press-ons. And for me always, it's funny because full circle moment again, I always used to think like, it would be so cool to do press-ons for drag queens. And I just thought like, you know, drag queens do like the cool stuff and the press-ons and you send it to them in a box and they put it on themselves. So that idea came back and I was like, oh, I could do press-ons for my clients. I actually got, um, I taught my clients how to size their nails, tell me what measurement each nail was. And then we were creating, I was creating press-ons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they would pick up curbside, pick up, glue their nails on. My clients were loving it because, you know, people that love their nails. Yeah. People eat. still wanted nice nails. Yeah. Exactly. So that was something I did. Um, I, I didn't love it, to be honest. It wasn't like, no. oh, yes, I'm doing press ons. It was no, just but what it was was an innovative oh. idea in the face of adversity where some people, like, you know, kind of crumble. You rose to the occasion and said, like, there's still something I can do. Like, that's a true hustler mentality for sure. Thank you. And, and for sure, it even made it a thing where it, it's funny because during the pandemic, I forgot that the pink room was mine and I was still able to come to the studio. So yeah. I had a couple of months that I never came until yeah. one day, like I was like, oh, wait a second. I, I could still I have the keys. If it's just me in there, like I can go. Yeah. Yeah. So then at one point I was like hanging out here. I was like coming, watch movies, painting. I started painting. I started doing the press-ons. I started just doing things while I was here. And that really helped me. Cause it was like, I would get up and shower and get ready and do my makeup and do my hair just to come be here. Yeah. Um, so then the press-ons happened. And then um, that's when my training when the course actually happened, I had always wanted to train. I always wanted to teach nails. Um, I've always wanted to get into personal development and teaching business. Um, and it was actually the first time I caught COVID. I caught COVID twice. And the first time I caught COVID where they're like, no, now you stay in your room for 15 days. I was like, okay, this is, this is where I lose my mind. Like, this mm -hmm. is it. Yeah. Um, so what am I going to do now in my room? I reorganized my room, my closet, like three times in two days. <laughs> yeah. and now what do I create? And I was like, well, I've always wanted to create, um, the course. And I had like, I'm, I'm a notebook journaler. Like there's so many books around me that just have scribbles and writing and everything. I got all my notebooks. I got all my notes and everything that I've ever written on my phone and everything. And I was like, let's create a course now. Um, wow. and before my COVID 14 day thing was done, my course was done. Like, I this is so impressive. Like we need to pause here again, because most people, when they get COVID and they have to isolate or, you know, when we had to, it was like a free pass to lie in bed and watch Netflix and like eat junk food and, and do whatever. And Maria's like, no, I'm going to launch a whole course on. And so what was the course on just like, what was the topic? So that was my beginner masterclass for now. So it's a nail technician's beginner masterclass. Um, so I created the, the, I created a textbook. 
Okay. Um, so I have a male textbook that's done now, and we're actually working on our advanced masterclass. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. So I launched that. That was in April that I got. It's such a blur. Yeah. I think whenever like, it was. I yeah. April, March, April. And then by July, um, because at this point, restrictions were like over. It was like small settings. You yeah. could be in. Yeah. Part. Um, so I think in, in August was when I launched my first class. Wow. Um, and that's when I started do small group trainings now. So, so impressive and so innovative. Like I don't really, you know, a lot of times people think about nails as just like, like a commodity. I can go get it done anywhere, but you've really, you've made it, you've taken it from what we would call a salon to a full on beauty studio where there's multiple services, but now this teaching aspect, and I'll be honest, I really haven't seen that being done in, in other places. I don't think I've ever heard of like, yes, there's schools that you could go to for formal training on aesthetics, but to train them on specific, your technique, your method, the, you know, the art that you create, right? Like that's pretty innovative. I I don't think that you have much, like it's a, a, probably a pretty green space with not a lot of competition. Right. And for people who've seen and experienced your nails and know the kind of money you bring in and the business you're generating from that, it's such a great way to learn from, you know, the best in the biz. So, you know, kudos to you to say like, I'm going to use my two week quarantine to like launch a course. Like this girl is just such a, such yeah, a, like I was like sweating with like my, um, my fever and everything. And I was just like, okay, just five more. I cramped my hand cramped. I remember at one point because of like me on the laptop and just like doing everything. But for me, it was like, I believe that like your mind state is everything. I'm like, if I sit here and first of all, at that point we were like fearing death because of COVID remember? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first wave. Like this is the first wave you're talking about. Yeah. Like ventilator, you're going to die 20, 29, 28 years old dead because of COVID. So I was like, no, no, no. Like we're going to get ourselves out of it. I was like on my green juices, my ginger shots, my my bookmaking. Yeah. Um, so that definitely got my time to go by faster. And I feel like the effects of COVID were less for me because of that. You had um, something else yeah. to focus on. So eventually, you know, Toronto did, you know, open things back up, like as, as much as we were locked down, things opened back up. And so tell me what it was like to now say, okay, I can fully relaunch. And then I think it shut back down at one point, but you know, for the most part, it's been somewhat open for, for nail salons for, you know, the last you know, couple years. So, but you're, and not just nail salons, like you said, look, I'm more than a salon. You have multiple service provide providers and services that your clients can, can get. How did you create those relationships and partnerships to kind of bring on others now to, to rally around the pink room? Um, I, I, I've always known I wanted a team. Like mm-hmm. I never knew what kind of team. I never knew why. I just find again, back to leadership. I think leadership is very important. Um, and in this society, we need better leaders and people that are actually going to pull us from one point to a more positive point. Um, so I really love that. I find I'm very passionate about personal development. So just being able to surround myself with people and share what I've learned and just share energy because energy is so contagious is really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you throw all that and then a extensive list of clients that I have and such loyal clients that I was like, why not put more services that my clients can benefit from as I grow my team and I grow my business. Mm-hmm. So one thing with the other and they made sense to each other. And again, they resonated with my main intentions and my main goals. And that's why we're here. Yeah. And I think with beauty often, you know, as, you know, as women or, or anyone who's getting those services, we really like the idea of a one-stop shop for multiple services is nice, especially when you vibe with the place. You just assume like, if I get my nails done there, I'm they're probably good at makeup and, you know, everyone in here has great, you know, skincare or great, like whatever, like, you know, no hair, this, that, like, I'll just take your recommendation. Like, why would I need to go source this if you've brought in some of the best people to work alongside you. Right. And in the beauty industry, it's so, so much easier. I think sometimes to do that because like you can be the walking product for your services. Like people can look at you and say, I really like your eyebrows. Where'd you get them done? Right. And then you can be like, well, we, we offer that here. So, right. Like, I think you, I feel like that's kind of what you followed. You were like, 
if my clients need this because they really liked my lashes, like, why don't I just have an option for them to get their lashes done with my person? And from what I can see, you've done some of those services, like just even on a pop-up basis. So what I love about what you're doing is you're, it's true leadership because you're not the one doing the lashes and all these things. You're giving an opportunity to another artist to come in and use your space and get access to your clientele, which elevates them, but also brings another service offering to your business. So it's like such a win-win situation, right? Definitely is. It definitely, definitely is. Yeah. Super exciting. So obviously, you know, you shared some of the, you know, a lot of stories about some of the challenges you've had along the way, but what would you say is maybe one of the most surprising things that you have learned about yourself as well as about entrepreneurship, you know, during this whole journey? I was waiting for this question. Um, <laughs> when, when I first think surprising, I think exciting. And then I was like, no, very surprising. Um, definitely how important time management is. You know, like that's a really big one for me. Um, and also how important focus is, is because I was always a person that I can multitask and I'm like always in like 10 things at once. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to be successful because I can focus on so much at the same time. But through everything I've done and I continue to learn now, you really need to like laser focus on one thing that you want. Um, and you have to really take in the importance of time management. I was one person that like, I used to sleep in till 12, one o'clock, go to sleep at like four in the morning. Also like my creative brain would just get going at night. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Like I'll go to sleep at 5 a.m. and wake up at two. It's okay. I still have a full, how many hours I had. Um, or I would just stop focusing for a couple of days. And I was like, oh, I'll pick it up in like a few days. And I slowly noticed that that wasn't bringing me where I wanted to be. Um, so now it's like, I'm not in bed later than 8 a.m. I try not to go to sleep later than 2 a.m. If I do, I'm still waking up at 7.30, 8. Um, focusing on things that matter, really scheduling my day, my week, my month. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting better. I'm not there yet. But yeah. definitely it's been a big thing that anybody that's trying to do something or that comes to me for advice um, in entrepreneurship or personal development. And they're like, you know, Maria, I have this idea and I want to do this. But then I'm like, okay, like, what do you do? And they're like, oh, well, I have two other jobs and I do this and I do that. And I was like, you're not focused. Yeah. And like, you're not carving out the time for actually getting this goal over the goal line. You know, I like that you shared that because it's something I still struggle with as an entrepreneur. I think sometimes when you start out, you're like, oh, I'm my own boss. So I can, I can say yes to everything, right? I can Mm -hmm. do everything. And so if an opportunity comes your way, you explore it and this and that, And the reality is, is like, there's only so many hours in a day. And if you want to actually get your goal over the goal line, then when you're saying yes to all these other opportunities that are maybe helping other people build their dream, maybe there's a bit of an alignment with your own, but it's not really in your lane, but you're like, okay, I'm just going to say yes. It doesn't work. So I've had to really like, I call, I now call it priority management because we all have the same amount of time, but we have to really give our time to what our priorities are in life. Right. And sometimes we can only manage a few priorities at once. And we have to say like, you know what, that business idea I have, I'm going to like shelve that one until this first one's off the ground, you know, and up and running. And then I'll layer in the next one before I was trying to do like everything all at once. Like, and I'm sure you've been there too. We're like, Oh, I want to get this going. I want the course and I want this. And have you learned to rely on your team more too? Cause you do have people working with you. Cause I think that's a big part of it too, is being able to delegate. That's, very, that's a very big one. Yes. Delegating is a very big one. Um, also back to what you, what mm-hmm. you just said is like, as a person that wants to do so much, I noticed that like, okay, I have so many ideas and I know I'll get through everything because I've gotten through everything so far. It's just about being realistic. That was a big one that I, mm-hmm. I forget what book I read that in, but it talked about setting realistic expectations and realistic timelines for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it basically spoke about how, for example, cleaning your room, you could say, oh, I'm going to have my room clean tonight. Um, and you know, you're working till like 11 PM when you get home and you're tired. So your room's not going to get clean. So tomorrow you wake up and subconsciously that tells your brain that your brain, that you're actually like not productive and you don't meet deadlines. So it puts you in like a loser mentality. Um, so I spoke about putting yourself in realistic timelines, like look at your schedule. When do you actually have time to clean Mm -hmm. your room? 
maybe that's Friday evening. So tell yourself on Friday, I'll clean. And all week, you're not going through the stress of I haven't cleaned my room yet. I haven't cleaned my room yet. Yeah. That's out of my room until Friday. Yeah. And it also, I think when you wake up and the room's not clean, you're now sort of out of integrity with your word. And then you go through this like shame guilt cycle in your head of, oh my God, I didn't do that. (laughs) Right. And so like, even if it's like, all I'm going to do today is these three things, but you do those three things, you're actually training your mind that I'm a person who has integrity with my word and I, and I get it done. Right. So I think that's a really important like learning to have as an entrepreneur, because it's so easy for us to say, yes, I'll do this, this, and that. And then when we don't do one or two of those things, we then feel bad. And then we like, don't do anything sometimes because of it. Like we're like, we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, go for it. Another thing in entrepreneurship that everything falls on you. Right. So if you're not doing it, you're to blame. If it's not going right, you're to blame. If things if you don't get what you want there's no one to blame but yourself and again that has its pros and cons depending on how you learn to take that in it's so it's so true and I think like I've learned and I hope you're learning to to have a bit of grace along the way right so sometimes we're like striving for perfection and we want you know all these things to happen and if they don't happen or it goes wrong it's on us but the reality is that sometimes it's just best to take like imperfect action rather than no action or to be okay that you did something and it didn't go right. And you're just going to take the learning from it and do better the next time and just give ourselves a little bit more grace as entrepreneurs, because the reality is if you wait to do everything right and perfectly, you're a probably not going to ever do it. And B you're not going to know how to do something until you actually do it for the first time. Right. Um, and that's what I kind of like about your story too, is like, like, I don't know what it's like to like rent a room or rent a space, but you just like did it. There's no real, what I've learned with entrepreneurship, especially from your story, there's no guidebook. Like there's nobody saying, this is how you do it. You just actually have to go out and do it. You have to learn along the way. You have to fail along the way. And, but tell yourself, this isn't a failure. This is a learning. And I'm going to like, grow from this experience and you've really managed to do that. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So tell me where, where do you see, you know, you're now a couple years into the pink room. Where do you see the pink room maybe in five years from now? Like what are your growth plans for the business? Um, definitely a bigger location. Okay. Um, we don't have a storefront yet. So a storefront has to come soon. Um, Training, I, I love the training aspect of it. That's definitely like my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get more into personal development and business. I'm actually developing a business startup and marketing ebook that okay. I'll be launching soon um, just to help. I basically want to be the missing piece in somebody's entrepreneurship journey. Sure. Um, answering all the questions, like you said, when you haven't rented a room, you haven't signed a lease, you haven't subcontracted anybody. Um, you haven't registered a business. I want to be that person to just kind of fill in the gaps and help people because I feel like a lot of people don't do it. And like you said, like there's no real book for it. We don't, we, you can't really go to school business courses. Like, yes, you can go to university college for business, but a lot of people don't want to do that. It's true. And people that want to start and just need help starting. And there's often like a lot of service providers out there that gear those services to like bigger businesses or people with a lot of resources to do that. But like, there's not much for like that scrappy entrepreneur that doesn't have a lot of resources that just wants to get a small business, you know, off the ground. And sometimes the best way to learn it is from someone who's just like a couple steps ahead of them, not like someone who went to school for it or whatnot. Right. So I think that's like a really great way for you to definitely give back and, and help, you know, help others along their journeys as well. Um, what about specifically in terms of what you see happening in the beauty space? Are there any like, you know, trends or opportunities that you see that, you know, you guys are planning to roll out at the pink room? I would love like in a few years like to have my own products. Definitely that because okay. again, like a product so much line. Yeah, yeah. And I see it a lot more with my own students where they're like, what products should we use? What's mm-hmm. good for us? What do you like? Um, so that's definitely on the list of things that I want to do. 
Um, and just honestly growing the pink room, I find that the more trainings that I do, the more students I find that have a lot of potential. Um, so just creating more workspace for them, a work environment, like especially with this type of work, I know that most people are going to want to work for themselves, mm -hmm. but you still need that stepping stone sure. before you work for yourself in a salon. Um, so I would love to provide that space for my students. Um, so I definitely see the pink room being that creating more work opportunities for people and just Give, just empowering people, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Thing. I see it all for you. Like I see the five-year vision of like this great storefront of a store, maybe even multiple locations, um, you know, your own product line, this pink Academy that's thriving with lots of people wanting to learn from you. I think it's such a great vision. Um, and you know, you really definitely stand out in the beauty market, um, in, in sort of like the physical space market too, right? Cause there's lots of beauty lines and products, but to have all of this under one brand, the, you know, the products itself, the services, the, the teaching, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming and it's already all there too. So, so exciting for you. Um, I like to ask this question, but we'll see your answer because I usually get a very similar answer, but if you were to go back and, you know, start your journey again, is there anything that you would do differently? Like your entrepreneurial journey? I would set my intentions more clear. Okay. Definitely. Um, also, I've learned that through this journey, the more clear you are on a vision, the easier it is going to be to carve your path to that vision. Mm. Um, and I'm only now realizing that a lot of people tell you like, write your goals down and stuff. And I never believed that or understood that. Um, so just being more clear on what it is that you want yeah. and focusing, like I said, laser focus, laser focus. I, 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 love was always, I was always in a place of like, yes, I want to be an entrepreneur, but then I was like, I also want to be young and fun, and do this. And then once you're making your money being so young, you're like, oh, I could do all the parties and all the going out. And I'm a very social person. Um, and I almost victimized myself thinking like, oh, but I'm so young and I can't party the way my friends do. So if I could go back, I would just tell myself, like, just be patient on that. Like all that comes, all that's going to happen. You can, you can party in your thirties, right? Like you're yeah. still so young, but what, Definitely. what I think is really important. And it's so good that you're realizing this really early into your entrepreneurial journey is that that clarity, as well as like knowing, you know, like the focus on this is my, my goal and vision. But what I would add to that, that's really helped me is to connect it to a why, like, why is that so important to you? So when the days get really really rough and you're not sure why you're doing what you're doing, you connect to usually, you know, for me, it's that I really want to serve female entrepreneurs. I want to elevate them. I want to share their stories. I want to make sure have they have all the financial resources in their business to succeed. So on the days that are tough and I just want to stay in bed, I'm like, oh, but far you have a bigger why. Like you're not getting, you're getting out of bed for these women. They're counting on you. And I think you have that, right? You have this vision of the team that you're leading, you know, the students that will come through the clients that come to see you and rely on you. And so having that clarity, but also the why I think is, you know, such a, such a big thing to have in entrepreneurship, because a lot of people go into business and they, they're just focused on the money and the dollars and the day-to-day -day headache headaches of running their business. And they get so caught up that they get disconnected from their why and, you know, the more and more you get disconnected from it, the further and further you end up being from actually having a successful business, you know, before you know it, you're burnt out and you just can't, you can't keep going, you know? And to be honest, sorry to pause you, but yeah, no. with that, I believe that it's not only entrepreneurship. I feel like entrepreneurship, you have a lot more control of your life, True. but I noticed that everybody does that in any realm of life. Like you'll yeah. have any type of people sometimes complaining and I look at them and I'm just like, you could do whatever you want. You just don't know what you want. So they're sitting here complaining about what's not going right. What not, what they're not doing, what they are doing. And then I'm like, okay, what is it that you would want to do? You're complaining about maybe your kids and your husband, but what would you rather do? And they're like, I don't know. So it's like, you know, you just have to figure out like what it is that actually makes you happy. And that's something that I do a lot with myself when I get to those points. And I'm sure you get there too. You're mm -hmm. like, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm trying. One of my friends recently was like, stop saying you're tired because you're doing what you want. And that's going to get you tired. So if you're saying you're tired, stop doing what you want. 
And now that's the way I look at things yeah. that you complain for me, the course, the course was something that taught me a lot because you know, there's, it was not just a textbook. It was put kits together, order kits, books, lists, emails, contacts, everything. Um, and I was so tired. And I remember I started crying one day mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm just so tired. And I just stopped. And I was like, girl, these are your deadlines. This is your course. This is your job that you're making for yourself. You are being so attentive to detail that you're stressing yourself out for your own sake of attention to detail. And then I just had this real, I have these conversations with myself all the time. And that day I was like, okay, quit, quit, stop, stop doing the course. Yeah. Stop doing any of this. Just stop, go back to doing nails and you're good. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to do that. So I learned from that moment that everything I do is my choice. So if I'm in an upset, in an upset place or in a hard place, I put myself there. I could get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at everything. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I, I love that you shared that because this is the constant thing that as an entrepreneur, you have to self coach yourself out of those situations to remind yourself, like what I do when I'm in those situations, which is similar to you. I also look at the alternative. I was like, so if I wasn't busy doing this, building my business, you know, in your case, putting these kids together, writing these courses, what, what's the alternative? Who's going to give me the salary and the money? I'm going to wait and work, go back to working for someone in a toxic situation and like not having autonomy over my life. Right. And so sometimes I sit back and like, no, no, okay. It's hard, but I'd much rather be here than not here. Right. Yeah. No, I, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, I think it's so important to like, remember that, you know, when you have that calling or you have that desire for something that you want to do, it's coming from a place. So when you were like in your, you know, quarantine and COVID and you had this desire for a course, like that calling came from a place that you're like, that doesn't just come from anywhere. It comes from something that you truly desire and probably something that the world really needs that you are uniquely capable of doing. And often a lot of people miss that calling. So I love, like, I think the journey, or I think the theme really of you know, this episode with you has been like, really just like follow your intuition, follow those callings and, and don't just like listen to them and journal about them, like act on them, right? Like get stuff, you know, I was going to say, get shit off the ground. Like that is, you know, I was like, I, I can say shit. It's my own podcast. I don't think they censor you, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. And just get that off the ground because, you know, otherwise it, it becomes an idea that dies on a page and nobody ever gets to experience like the beauty that you're going to create for them. Right. If you don't actually go out there and do it. And so you just take action, just take yeah. action, for whatever it is you want to do. Like in any, like, this is what I tell all my girls. Like, even if, it, if you're complaining about your weight, take action, just take you action. Imperfect, about- messy action too. Like it doesn't have to be perfect action. Like uh, these days I'm all about imperfect, messy action. Just like get it out the door, you know? And so, yeah, honestly, it's been such, such a pleasure chatting with you today. Your story is super inspiring. And I know it's just the start of it. I'd love to have you on in a few more years and I'm sure there'll be so much more to like update the audience about then as well. But before I let you go, so I usually ask people, and it's a standard question I ask, you know, if there's like a book or a podcast that you, you recommend to our audience. But I think for you, I'd love to know, is there like a beauty or YouTube channel or IG account that's like your favorite to follow other than your own, obviously? <laughs> um, I love Nails by Dev. Okay. She's really great. Um, I'll send you her after so you can write it yeah, down. Can, she's really yeah. good at nail art. And um, she's another, just, she's an artist that now she has her product line. She's amazing at nail art. And okay. she's really good. Um, awesome. I actually find that I'd be better at giving you a list of podcasts and books. because Okay, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What's your I favorite? I love Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty is like, Jay Shetty, he's awesome. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, I find that everyone that he brings on just really teaches a lot about personal development. Um, and a book that I love, I have a lot of books that I love, but the four agreements is one of them. Just yeah. four that's a really good one. I, I actually list, listen, cause I have the a physical copy of the book, but I have the audio as well. And I listen to it like once a year at yeah. least. That's what yeah. I always say you have to re-listen to it. And another really good one that changed the way I think is what happened to you by Oprah. Hmm. I haven't, I haven't, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So I focus a lot on child tra- childhood trauma. Um, okay. It's something that really works a big interest to me. And I believe that all personal development comes from childhood. Um, so that's an amazing book. It's Oprah and a child psychologist that talk about the effects of growing up and how it stays with you and the effects that it has on the brain and how it creates us as adults. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good book for me to read to understand a lot of the things I did and why I did them. So I definitely recommend to a lot of people on their own personal development journey to read that. So you can kind of go back and be like, oh, that's why my brain is wired like that. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I love those. Those are, I haven't read the Oprah one. I've read so much of her stuff and followed all her stuff, but for some reason, not that one. So I'll definitely check that one out. Um, Okay. And lastly, before I let you go, how can our listeners engage with you online? And we'll just, we'll add all the links into the show notes. Yeah. So they could definitely follow me on both accounts. I have my personal and the pink room. So my personal is MF Sotelo and the pink room is the pink room TO. Again, you'll post it for them to follow and then they can always get updated with us on our website. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Maria. It's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast and, you know, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. That was such a nice surprise when I saw your DM pop up on Instagram. so long and it's really amazing seeing what you're doing now and just following your own goals and your own dreams so I'm really proud of you too oh thank you so much all right thank you so much for listening to this episode of Futura Talks I hope it has left you inspired and motivated to pursue your dreams find your calling and follow your heart in your life and business. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean so much to me if you would consider leaving a review and better yet, sharing this episode with someone who will be inspired to start building their own Futura. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next week.